like pitching with a four-run lead. It feels like it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was nice to, you know, just the atmosphere in the dugout, you know. Uh, nice to see guys kind of just, you know, everybody contribute. So it was, it was good. Does that help you relax at all, just when guys are getting after it? You know, I think it's just uh, that's what we are, you know. That's what we normally are. So, you know, it's been pretty quiet in there lately. So, you know, for us to kind of get it, kind of get our mojo back, I guess, um, you know, just have that high energy, everybody talking in the dugout. Um, it was nice to see because that's what we are normally, you know. That was uh, Blue Jays starter Kevin Gossman. After yet another, Kevin, another dismal performance by the Blue Jays with runners. In, oh, no, an 8-1 win over the St. Louis Cardinals with another dismal performance with runners in scoring position, two for 14. I tried to remember when I, when I, after we did the, the show after the game. Blue, Jay, the Blue team, Jays talked. Te- exactly. Yeah. The teams that I had been on where they went two for 14 with runners in scoring position. And, and for the life of me, I played forever, Jeff, on, on teams that nobody, that I don't care to mention because <laughs> nobody cares about those teams. I can't remember a time where I was on a team that went two for 14 with runners and scoring positions. Scored eight it, runs. It's getting to the point where it's almost like they're trying to not get hits with runners on base. Now, I say that jokingly, but two for 14 is a lot. What are they hitting, the 161 or something on the road with runners and scoring position? Uh, 24 for 149. Boy, that's a big Way number. too early to do math. That's a small so. number to a giant number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Um, all that aside, though, the Jays did win 8-1. How about that? And they have a day off before they go into, well, they're in L.A. right now. They'll take on Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels. I guess we just call them the Los Angeles Angels now. They're not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim anymore. There you go. Uh, they'll take on the Los Angeles Angels in a four-game series starting tomorrow night. Always nice to have an off day in California. Off days in California, off days in New York. Flip a coin as to which is better. Well, you're trying. You're trying to. Ha- I've, I've been lucky enough better. to be in the, be in the big leagues with, with a day off in in L.A. It's, as long as you can walk to where you want to go, it's cool. But if you have to drive or it's, it's sitting in an Uber, yeah. boy. Generally though, it's a you, tough day. It when you're in L.A., you can't go wrong going towards the water. That's you usually can. a pretty. You good can. Start. It's pretty nice. Um, Vladdy gets a home run yesterday. His first extra base hit in 15 games which I still find myself, like, you'd think you'd run into one accidentally almost. But anyhow, his first extra base hit in 15 games. Danny Jansen, two home runs. Uh, I would argue that that three-run homer that that he hit, which put the Blue Jays on their way, you know, we're not there, but the shots of the dugout. If, you know, if you look back to 2015 and... There was a time when John Gibbons thought he was going to be fired. And I'm, I'm not drawing comparisons here with Charlie's situation. He was, in the, he was in the shower playing the Nationals, right? Yeah, and he thought he was going to be fired. They had a doubleheader, sure. and he admitted he thought they were done. Pilar. Pilar. Something that gets lost in that whole season. Pilar gets the hit. They have a, a – and it was off Max Scherzer, I believe. They beat Max Scherzer mm-hmm. in that game. And two home runs for Pilar off Max Scherzer. Thank you, Mark. Boom. They're on their way. Now it's too early and all this stuff, but is it too early? If it go if if this team goes on a bit of a run, we may be looking back at that at that particular Danny Jansen game. Homer? 
we may be looking back at it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, for for me, uh, it had to do with Vladdy's first at bat. Uh, that 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 was I, I get the three run homer and and the Danny Jansen. It sort of just gave everybody a chance to go. Man, we, we still can hit. We still can hit a homer. It's pretty cool. Look how far the ball went. It's fun running around the bases. Can I put the jacket on? Now you're trying to actually want to put the jacket on, and that's something more you're thinking about that than you are. Man, why can I not lay off that ball away? I don't like the ball away, but. For me, it just was that first at bat that Vladdy had that he that he took the first pitch, he got to a one zero count, and then he got a heater that's ninety. I know it was ninety nine and had some sank to it, but it was still ninety nine. He got the head out, uh, he was balanced. It looked like it came off the bat the way it was supposed to. It looked like it went to the direction that it was supposed to go, not on the ground. <clears throat> and you could see him when he ran around first base. He was looking in the dugout like, look, I still am a pretty good hitter. For me, that was sort of the at bat, and then we obviously know that he came up and, and had the three run, uh, the the uh, three one home run that he hit off a fastball again. That was they had twelve hits yesterday. Ten of those were off the fastball. That for me is mm-hmm. they're not going to be a good offensive team unless they can hit a velocity and hit the fastball. And it just looked to me like yesterday because of who they were facing, there was no guessing. Yeah, there's no guessing. I'm not going to go up and look for a slider off a guy that throws a 99 mile an hour sinker. That's not smart hitting. Can I? It just took all the guesswork out of it. Can I ask you this too? Um, we talked about how teams have been getting Vladdy, and they've been getting everybody away, uh, getting everybody out the same mm-hmm. way. Do you think that maybe with the Reds coming in town, and they did pitch, they pitched Vladdy a little differently. They, I mean, they weren't going around Vladdy. They were going, here's a hundred, hit it. Here's a hundred, hit it. Do you think that that in some way? I don't know if it recalibrated Vladdy. I don't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm Vladdy, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, I mean, they're not even game planning. They're just saying, hit this. You can't hit it. Hit it. You can't hit it. Do you think that maybe that kind of, because look, even, even yesterday, you know, uh, we, we talked about a couple of the couple of walks Vladdy took, sorry, two, two games ago. Do you think that maybe that could have, Change things a little bit for Vladdy? It's hard to say. It's hard. I, I, I would think no <clears throat> to that. I think it's more of, uh, as a whole, the guys that he's going to face who are right-handed, who are hard throwers, are going to consistently try and get him out one way. That's okay. a way with something, backdoor cutters or the backdoor sinker, the 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 fastballs away, the sliders away. Because it just away. seemed like the Reds attacked him a little differently than other teams Looked did. Looked to me like he had a different mindset. Okay. It, it was, again, and I've I've struggled. I struggled a lot. I, I can really talk about this because I've been there and done it before. And I do think the little bit of what Vladdy's going through is he's never been there and done it before. And he's trying yeah. to go through it at yeah. the big league level with elite pitching. And now you have all the khakis and you have all these really smart pitching coaches who go, ooh, look. Well, I'm not going to go in there because I saw him take Garrett Cole back Lake City on 98 with some with some run, and I'm not going to go in there anymore. Maybe let's try this. And now I think they found a little something, and it's taken Vladdy a little while to adjust to that. Now, I'm not saying that this one game is going to change everything, and now he's going to turn into that superhero that we all think he should be. I'm not saying he's going to be that. But I think it can give him confidence, and it would tell him that if I can get in 1-0 counts, if I can get in 3-1 counts, Maybe now they can't so much go to my weakness, which is that middle away, which mm-hmm. is that down and away. Maybe now they have to go more outer third. Outer third's not away, Jeff. Outer third is good hitting. Yeah. And if you can get it outer third and a little elevated because you're in a better hitter's count, all the talent you have will take over and they're going to need him. 
to be Vladdy. Yeah, there was a different feel to Vladdy last night. And you mentioned the first first at bat. Mm-hmm. And you made a great point about when, when guys are slumping. That first at bat can set you can set you up or it can it can pull I, you down. It, I look at the two for 14 runners in scoring position. It's sort of like when you're on the on-deck circle and you see your buddy walking to the plate and it's the first at bat with that dude standing at second base and you see him have a oo pop out to right field. First thing that pops in your mind is, oh, no, here we go here again. We go again. It's Groundhog Day. Hitting's no different. It's all the stuff that you've worked on. And you you heard a rash in the pregame show say that they actually had conversations, coaches, and and having conversations with Vladdy. Hey, look, you're a good hitter. <clears throat> if you just sort of lay off that and can get this <clears throat> because of the things that you do offensively, you're going to take off and have a, a lot better at bats, and you're going to be more consistent. I just think that first at bat's so important because now all the work that you were doing, all the information that you got, you actually applied it, and it worked. Yeah. And what's that do to you, Jeff? It gives you confidence. And then when you have confidence because you have tons of talent. I uh, I also liked, uh, you know, he had that that four-pitch walk as well, but I just kind of liked the – I like the way he approached that, like taking the arm pad off just before. I understand it's a small thing, mm-hmm. but you really got the sense that Vladdy was locked in on the game. Like, he 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 maybe. understood everything that was going on. And maybe. I know they're going to walk me, and I'm going to take uh, this off. Now, and... maybe if I'm a pitcher, I'm not going to like that. Like, no. I'm, I'm probably going to say something to him. You know, you, you haven't had an extra base hit in, in forever. Don't yeah. be doing that. But you know what? And you can see what the pitcher sort of looked at the, at the catcher like, wasn't it 3-0? Yeah. But you know what? Maybe. Maybe again, I'm looking at it from the if from you're the, do the that, Jays' if you're point gonna, of view. Barry's the only guy that I've ever seen do that, but Barry could do that because Barry hit a lot of homers oh, and, and hit balls harder than the any human was on, on planet Earth. I was on the uh, the morning show today, and I was telling him, I remember covering Barry a lot, and there were times where Barry, when he had three balls on him, Barry would mm-hmm. start taking the pad off while the pitcher's still on the mound rubbing up the, rubbing up the baseball, and as soon as the ball was pitched, he'd drop it. Like I'm dead serious. I you know, that was Barry. I can, I can Tommy top you. I, I held a guy on first base with him hitting. Huh? I was holding a runner on first base with him at the plate. He's a dead pull hitter. He Ooh. hits the ball harder than any human on planet Earth. Ooh. And you know the shift. He's sort of the one guy that I can remember when I played that you shifted. You against. did, yes. You put everybody and you were deep. Even the first baseman was in the grass. Because he, if he's hitting something hard, it was going to be to that side or in the air to left center field. He wasn't going to hit no 17 no. hopper to the left. He wasn't going to do any of that. What happened in the I, play? I, I think he flew out to right field. or That or, would not be a comfortable feeling. It, was, no, it wasn't great. That was wasn't, not, wasn't great. I was asking a lot. You know, I was giving that sign like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's like the first inning. I'm like, hey, can I go? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was you know, it's but that's, that's what the fun part of baseball is. And, and it's just the confidence thing. And I can remember all these good hitters that I was playing defense against. They would all – Look the same and act the same because they were so confident, and maybe this will give Vladdy confidence. Now let's talk about this. We'll be joined by by uh, Dan Schulman later on. I also want to talk to Ryan Dempster about this because um, the Jays are are going into Anaheim. They're going to face Shohei Otani tomorrow. Now Vladdy was very clear in spring training that I, I you know, he was a little chapped that he didn't get at least one first place MVP vote. Um, he talked about wanting to win the triple crown. Of course, he had the comment about last year was the trailer. This year is the movie. So now you're going in to face Shohei Otani. There are, you know, there are very few times that 
you get to go head to head against the guy. Not you haven't called them out, but head to head against the guy that you've, you know, you let people know. You were. Mm-hmm. I wish one of you at least had thought that I was as good as him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care about Vladdy versus Mike Trout. That's not going to enter the equation. Those guys don't necessarily face each other. Is this game coming up not an important game for Vladdy? But do you think Vladdy is going to be extra motivated going into this game against Shohei Otani now? I'm sure that's not going to hurt. I, I would think it would be more important for him to have a good game the game before he actually faces Otani. Okay. That just would tell you, like, if he went 0 for 4 yesterday with three punches and left a guy on second base and he was 0 for 1 with runners scoring position, right. the confidence level when he's flying to, to L.A., it's not great. Yeah. But now it's he's a little higher when it comes to the things I'm doing off the field are working. I can translate that to on the field. gives me a chance to lay off the strike to ball. He's going to get the splitty. He'll get the ball moving down and away. He'll get the high-octane velocity. He's going to get it with some vinegar because Otani knows the exact same thing that you're saying. Like, I remember that guy. I saw him last year. Didn't he fist second in the MVP? So they mm-hmm. know each other. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit of that, you know, you want to you wanna top that guy. You want to be better than that guy. But I just think Vladdy having that better day the day before he actually faces that guy because of what he said in the past, it's a thing. It's a big deal. And again, I'll say this, and I'll continue to say it. Baseball has a lot to do with confidence. For me, anyway, it's 90%. The other five, the 5% skill, and then you need 5% luck. Oh, I thought you were going to go there. 90% confidence, 5% skill. I thought you were going to do the Yogi Berra thing and leave out 5%. No, no, I can count. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, hopefully, hopefully he yeah. has it. It translates. They need him. We didn't talk about Kevin Gossman. Uh, six innings, four hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. Probably not the most efficient outing you're going to see from Kevin Gossman, but that's, I mean, that's okay. Was, you know, we're we set a pretty high bar. Uh, what I really like that fourth inning after Danny Jansen gives him it's a three run Homer. You got a shutdown inning mm-hmm. from, uh, from Kevin Gossman. Would you make a, his, would you make a, his game last night, you know, what? coming off a game where we, I think we, we now know that the Mariners, the Mariners had, had something on them. And I think we, we've established that. And he's, People we know well, around you, the team have know, said if that. You notice, if you noticed, and you may not have, but I did notice when the runner was on second base, uh, his glove normally when, when he comes to the belt <clears throat> is a little bit more open. So his hand, which would be his left hand, is a little bit more tilted towards shortstop just because it's easier for him to grip the baseball. If you noticed yesterday, he had that thing tilted a little bit more towards the first base bag. So that way, even at second base, you can't see the grip. Mm-hmm. You can't see him actually, you know, fumble around. I know he does when he grabs a baseball. He'll grip it with a split grip. Yes. So it's just easier for him to to slide a finger to the four seam grip because that's basically what he is. And I think w- with his slider, he throws that with the grips with the. Uh, you see, when he's standing on the, the mound, he's anyway. always holding the ball in it because he's not changing anything with it. It's right. It's a, you know he'll spin it a little for the four right. seam grip. But the two, he's actually got a little run to his ball now. That 93 is a little run. He's doing that on purpose. Doesn't want to use his bullets. You know, he'll save the 96, 97 for later in the game so he can air it out when he knows he's towards the end. Uh, the 22 swing of misses was a big deal. The 0 for 12 with five punches against the lefties is a big deal. Yeah. Like I mentioned early on, at least for me anyway, it looked like he was overthrowing the split finger. And he's trying to create more of that downward off the table 
movement, which is sometimes what's, you know, a guy, guys who have a start before that they're really not sure on why they were laying off it. What do you tend to do? You want to overthrow it. You want to make it break more. Looked to me like that's basically what he was doing, at least in the first couple innings. And then the fastball, the more he threw it, the better it got. The more the velocity, the better that got, uh, the better the location on the fastball got. And second time through, and I was thinking about this, I like to think along with the hitter. I like mm-hmm. to still think that I can hit a little bit, and I like to think I'm smarter as a hitter now. So I, I sometimes play that on the on deck circle at bat. And obviously, I'm not up there, but I like to think, okay, how did he throw me that time, and how can I not get to the split finger? And then you see how he starts throwing guys second time through. He leads OO with the split, and if he can flip that thing in there for a strike, now when you're on the on deck circle and you're thinking to yourself, ah, oh, crap. Now he can throw it for a strike. Now he can eliminate me with it. Now he's got a better velocity and better location on the fastball because he's more in the groove of the game. Now this is elite stuff. He is, he's, mecha- he's mastered mechanics. He's mastered adjustments. When somebody's figured something out, it's easier to fix because it's, more, it's, it's real simple. There's not a lot to it. I know he's jerky because I just think he's a high octane guy like he just needs the jerky mm-hmm. thing that just sort of gets him into a rhythm i talk about the music that's his music the playing of the the bouncing of the front leg that's his music that's his little rhythm you know because he needs that and when he can make adjustments from start to start and he can do that second time through i just don't know how you hit it i don't know how you game plan against it uh danny jansen had a pretty good game plan last night and he was asked about it after the game Danny, when you got away from the pull power a little bit, was it was it approach? Was it something fundamental? And, and how did you get it back? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I, I've talked about kind of getting out of my own way a lot. I think that's the biggest thing for me was, uh, you know, thinking about the right things um, and really just trying to, you know, maximize what I'm really good at, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm good at pulling the ball and that's something that, um, something you can do, you know, and, and I think that finally it took me a couple years, you know, with, with struggling and stuff and kind of figuring out kind of, you know, who I am and I'm still learning about it, but, um, you know, I wouldn't change the road at all. You've always seen yourself as this kind of a hitter though, right? Yeah, I, I've seen myself as a contact guy, but a guy that's, when, early on I wasn't really as aggressive. That was something that I've kind of became when I got to the big leagues was, was more aggressive because you know, guys are got great command with different pitches and everything up here, so. Um, that's something that I've adapted to, but um, pulling the ball was always one of my strengths. Yeah, that's Danny Jansen. And Kevin, Danny Jansen finished the season strongly. We talked mm-hmm. about the the different Danny Jansen we saw at the end of the year. We talked about to him a couple of times in the off season. He got into train into spring training. He looked good in spring training. Got a good start. Well, staggered start, but then the oblique hit, and you know. I, Unfortunately, I think my first reaction was, God, I hope it doesn't, I hope this isn't the thing that causes him to change his swing and go away from what he was doing. Has it? Like, when he came back from the oblique injury, has he basically been the same guy swing-wise? Looks to me like he's closer to the plate. Looks looks to me like, uh, I'll say this. It's it's rare that you get to praise an organization for letting a guy figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
I know when I played, there was no chance I could hit a buck 40 and still think I was going to get to to go and figure it out and still be a starter at the big league level. Give them credit. Now, they didn't really have any better options. Alejandro Kirk is a, is a solid baseball player at the big league level. But they didn't but go out and trade for another option they either. They did not. That's well said. And they gave him an opportunity to figure it out on both sides of the ball. They put a lot on his plate with the Ryu stuff and trying to figure out how to – Think along with we talked Benji Molina yesterday mm-hmm. was th- you have to be a thinker. Roy Halliday, well, there's a, lot, there's a yeah. lot to that, and and sometimes you lose sight of what you're trying to do on both sides of the ball. And then he got hurt last year, and he got to go to the minor leagues, and he got to get away from Ryu for mm-hmm. a while, and then he got to work on what he could do in the cage. Maybe I stand close to the plate. Maybe I'm not a guy that can massage a ball to right center field. Yeah. Why would I even try? You know, it's just not my bat path. It's I'm not capable of, of a hitter to be able to inside out a baseball no matter what the count is and be consistent with that so why shouldn't i just change where the plate's at i'm gonna stand right on top of it and instead of i'm gonna have an imaginary plate and this is exactly what you do when you have to stand that close is you have the original plate and then you have the imaginary plate and why you say it that way to tell your mind is this is where i want to make contact because if i'm making contact on the plate i jam myself or I hit a bunch of foul balls over the first base dugout. That's exactly what his mindset is. And you can see that. The at-bats he had yesterday, the first home run that he hit, he fouled off three two-strike pitches, mm-hmm. and then he got a hanging slider that he hit the home run down the left field line off the foul pole. And then he got, this is my favorite, I know the three-run homers might be the biggest at-bat of the year for them when it comes to mojo and get everybody going, but his second home run that he hit, he laid off the one-two pitch, and I've been saying this to you forever. Sometimes in an at-bat against good pitching, you got to lay off of that one, mm-hmm. and that one is their pitch. And he laid off the one-two that was down in the way, and then he got the cookie heater right down the middle, and he hit a homer. Those are the at-bats. It's about, okay, I figured out where I want to stand. I figured out where I want the ball to go. Now I'm going to simplify it. And if I can lay off of that one to get mine because I've adjusted everything and I have confidence of where I'm at as a hitter, it's it's fun fun to watch a guy do this. But, again, get back to the organization. Give them credit. They stuck with him when – Quite frankly, he stunk, and a lot of organizations wouldn't let him fail like that, and and they would have moved on, and they didn't. Good for them. Yeah, that's uh, it. Really is, uh, you know, it really is. A, it, you know, I hate to say it, I hate to be trite, and I hate to uh, be clicheish, but it is it is a good story when an organization sees something in a guy, especially at that position, because so much can go wrong. You know, and 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 Danny gets credit for this as well. It's easy to lose faith in a catcher, man. It really is because if you take your your offense or lack of offense into the field with you and you're messing up with the pitching, it is, believe me, it's easy to lose faith in a guy. And for him to show the organization enough that they remained interested in him and, as you said, for them to have enough faith in the guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who it is, but somebody in this organization – really understood and knew Danny Jansen. Like somebody in this organization really, really knew what they had. I think I know the name of that person. You think it was Pete? I know. I think it was John Snyder. Or John Snyder. Okay. I I really do. I think he's seen enough of, of the pitchers that are throwing what Danny can do the adjustments that he's made with a wider base. He sets up a little bit earlier. He gives a big target. He's a good framer. He's almost an excellent framer. Like he's a, he's a above average framer at a big league level is 
you're getting elite when it comes to those things of how you catch baseballs. Yeah, you know, we, we, it's not the I'm going to catch it three feet off the plate and I'm going to force it back over. No, it's how you roll into trying to steal strikes for your pitchers. And he's starting to get a not good elite at that. And I just think that's hard work with John Snyder and the game calling. Now, I did see the Andrew Vasquez, and, and I and I do want to say something bad about yeah. the Blue Jays. The, 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 I knew you were going the fa- there. The facing the – and I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about Danny and the way they won last night and the ninth inning when Andrew Vasquez is throwing to the nine-hole hitter with a 3-2 pitch, and he shook to a slider. And a seven-run lead. He shook to a slider. Now, the only reason I say that he – Shook to it, and then he threw it, and he walked a nine-hole hitter on a slider up seven runs, which is the most ridiculous thing. But, again, if that's who you are, yeah, it better work. And I just remember when I was watching Danny walk off the field, and he put his arm around, and he never does this. I Because yeah. I, I watch Danny a lot. I just watch how people walk around, how they handle – that sort of brings that father figure. Now, he's obviously younger than most of those pitchers, but it's sort of that I'm here, I got it. When I call it, trust me. And that's sort of what Danny was doing. And you could just sort of read Danny's lips like, dude, let's not do that again. Like, it's 3-2, the nine-hole hitter. If he he hits a homer, it's 8-to, what was it? 8-to-1, it's 8-to-2. Yeah. It's sort of just that process of. And here's the thing. Because my first reaction was when you said that to me, go out and talk to him. And I, and it, I'm thinking to myself, what what's what does that say to the other dugout? Hey, come on, Jesus, get the game over with. It's eight one. You're going out to talk to the pitcher with a seven mm-hmm. run lead, two mm-hmm. out in the ninth inning. We've got a number nine. There's I understand it's not always about baseball etiquette and everything, but there's some things you just some things that aren't a good look. That ain't a good look. I know if that's I, not a good I look. I know if I were Andrew Vasquez, that would probably tell me without them telling me why I'm in mop-up duty and I don't pitch when it yep. matters the most. Uh, and uh, before we break, I did want to mention this as well because we talked about patience with Danny Jansen. Keep in mind that he was not dra- he was not drafted by the current people running the team. He was drafted in 2013. And, Kevin, you know as well as I do because mm-hmm. you were a draft pick. When you're a high pick – you got guys that pound the table for you. Danny's our guy. He's our organizational guy. We got to stick with him. And for him and, and for the new guys to come in and buy into him, you, again, you do not always see that in baseball. You do not always see it's that. It's back to that John Snyder person who I'm sure raised his hand and goes, hey, the defensive side is there. Give him a little time to figure it out. Once he understands that he needs to do things on both sides of the ball and he figures out that I don't, I'm not a guy that can use the entire field. Let's split, let's split it in half. I can be a dead pull hitter. Mark McGuire was. Now he obviously doesn't have that no, much but power. I know what, I know but what you're the saying. mindset is I'm going to stay within myself. I'm going to be me. And I just think, and I, well, Quite frankly, I know that John is the guy that ra- yeah. would raise his hand and say, let's have some patience. And I know he ain't, he isn't Mike Zanino. Different hitters, different bat pass, all that. But I think he, when we talked to John, I think he looked at Mike Zanino and said, dude made the all-star game hitting bombs and being a good catcher, pulling balls and being a good catcher. Mm-hmm. And as, as we've said, you take that out of Danny Jansen, uh, any game. And I'm just, I, I, I was... It was really happy to see that. You last just night. want him to be a threat at the plate. Yes, don't be an easy out. Don't, be there, a threat. There don't it be is, an and easy he out. is now. Now they have to. You know, they're going to be doing some thinking. What do you do here? How do you pitch to him? I will say this. You know what it does, Jeff? And you notice when you're standing, he's standing at the plate. The target for the pitcher is real small. Yeah, it's not a big target. I'll give you like Lourdes. 
That's the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to target and how my misses can be. Now I can aim it because the target is so big because Lorda stands in so another far, county, yeah. so far away from the plate now, which is just, I just, it makes me scratch my head. But we were head. talking about how, what yeah, a good but thing it looks it was. like he's further away. Okay. And now that they've made the adjustment to him, now it's time for you to make an adjustment back to them. It's, again, it's, it's a, it's a nice little story and hope he keeps it going. Dan Showman is a Blue Jays play by play voice on Sportsnet. He will join us next. We've got tickets to give away. Ryan Dempster, Tony Maserati as well, Red Sox analyst, will. Take a look at the Red Sox, who are smoking hot. And as I said yesterday, they're not chanting re-sign Bogarts at Trevor's story anymore. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tickets to give away to the Jays and the White Sox on June 1st. A trivia question. We'll do it in the next hour. Ryan Dempster, Tony Maserati joining us as well. Is, this, is it Ryan Fabro that comes up with the trivia questions? Because he's he's nailed it, man. Last I, couple have been really good. Last couple have been terrific. I would have so got <laughs> this one, though. You think you would have? Not a chance. No, not a, not a chance. Because I'd be thinking, you know, a it, long time ago. I was going to say, it's never a good thing when you give a response to a trivia question that's wrong and you say, okay, then you work backwards. So in other words, okay, I gave a response to this mm-hmm. question. That's not right. So now we must be talking 1980. There you go. It's never, never good nope. when you do that. Um, so anyhow, we'll give away those tickets. Uh, do we have Mr. Shulman? Oh, we do. We'll give away those tickets uh, in the next hour. Dan Shulman, how are you, my friend? Our friend. Good. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We are doing well. We are doing very well. Um, so, off day today, and then they get to see Otani. Uh, Kevin and I talked about this. Yeah, I don't know how much head-to-head competition necessarily matters anymore. I think in baseball it still does, as long as it's pitcher and hitter. You think Vladdy's going to have any extra mo- extra motivation going up against Otani? Yeah. I do. <laughs> and I think Otani will have a little extra going up against Friday. I mean, sure. You, you know, like if, if, if Matthews is facing McDavid, that's different, you know? And, and so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it is. I don't think we'll be able to see it in his demeanor or his mannerisms or anything like that. But I, I bet you, you know, inside his heart's beating just a little bit faster because he's facing one of the biggest stars in the game. Dan, Dan do you think uh, one game can turn the Blue Jays' entire offensive season around? You know what? I knew you were going to ask that question. How about that? How about that? <laughs> um, I want to say yes, but I, you know what? I, I you got to see more, right? Don't you? Sure. Don't you feel the same? way? you got to see yeah. more. You know, the funny part is they were two for fourteen with runners in scoring positions. Yeah, I know. And I, I know, like half the people listening are like, enough with their, but it's a thing, and and um, you know they. They scored eight runs for a couple of reasons last night. One is they hit homers, which they haven't been doing much lately, and they hit three. And another one is St. Louis walked eight guys. So, um, you know, generally you go two for 14, you're going to lose the game. But they, you know, they got enough help and they hit the home runs. But I I think you got to see more. You know, part of me still says, and I don't know, I'm not 
good enough at searching stuff, but I know they faced more velocity than any team in baseball. Yes. And even in the Cincinnati series, it's crazy. They face guys throwing 98, 199, and then they face Jordan Hicks, and now they're facing Otani. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares, right? It's about mm-hmm. how many wins you get. But at some point, it feels like it's got to even out. And at some point, I'm going to say at the beginning of a game, you know, Tabby's fastball tops out at 92. I haven't said that all year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, I think it is going to get better. We all know it's going to get better. But how high their ceiling is, can they be last year's team? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think we've got to see more before we uh, jump back on the bandwagon. Well, when I was listening to you talk about the velocity, I was thinking to myself, it sounds to me like that when I watch the Blue Jays lineup, they guess a lot. Because you know, you know what the saying is, Dan, I mean, you've been around baseball forever. And the older I got, it, it I seemed to get at the plate more velocity because I was older. Back got slower. That's what you do to older hitters. Blue Jays got a bunch of young hitters. Like, you would think yeah. they'd be playing right into their hand. It must be something else. It's okay for them to, to get high velocity, but you would think if they're looking for it because they're young and they have yeah. tremendous bat speed, that should be playing right into their hand unless they're guessing. Yeah. Do you think they guess right. too much? A little bit. So let me, let me take a few guesses. So, yes, on fastballs, they're seeing more velocity than any other team, but I don't think they're seeing more fastballs than any other team, right? There's a distinction there. I think they're actually seeing more sliders, uh, a lot more sliders than they saw last year. So I think on the first pitch of at-bats, where they were unbelievably, like, crazy successful last year, I think teams are giving them fewer fastballs and fewer strikes on the first pitch of an at-bat. And you know, Kevin, the difference between 1-0 and 0-1 and is huge. Sure. Like, it's just that the numbers say it. And, and so... I think they're seeing more velocity on fastballs, but I think they're seeing fewer first-pitch fastballs, first-pitch fastballs in the zone. They're definitely being pitched away more. And I think teams are saying to them, you want to try and hit the ball out to the opposite field? Knock yourself out. Like the the first one Jansen hit last night was just a hanging breaking ball from Jordan Hicks, as bad a pitch as he can throw. And Jansen hit it out. But most of the sliders they've seen from righties are down and away, down and away, down and away. That's the hard, that's a hard pitch to hit, right? So they're not seeing many lefties because they have such a heavy right-handed lineup. So teams are trying to make sure within reason that they're seeing righties who are keeping the ball away from them. So yes, I think there's some guessing. Uh, Yes. I think they're being pitched better. Yes. I think they're seeing more velocity. Yes. I think there was always going to be a bit of a correction because they're not in Dunedin and Buffalo anymore so the numbers were going to come back a little bit so i think it's i think there's a lot of different ingredients in this stew um and and some of this is on them some of this is maybe a poor approach maybe they're pressing like there are a lot of different things going on here some they can control and some they can't um again it's going to get better how much better i have no idea Okay, I got a, I got a tough question. I, I, I have to ask you this. Lourdes didn't play yesterday. Uh, hypothetical. Say Lourdes on the road in the next four games goes 0 for 12. He's, he's why well, I think he's six for his last 51. What do you do with him? Now, this, this gets back to you're not so much worrying about the team. You're worrying about the player. You want to do best for the player. Not yeah. always. It's not always about the team. He just looks like he's in a bad place for me. Sometimes he looks like he's dreading walking to the plate. Now, Dan, I've been there. Like, I've been where, oh, no. You know, I'd rather that guy make the third out instead of me having to go out there mm. with two outs and try and hit. He's got yeah. a little of that look to him. He goes over for his next 12, and now he's, you know, hitting a buck, and it's a buck and some change. What do you do with him? 
well, he's already not quite playing every day, right? He's mm-hmm. he's sat out, I think, two of the last four. I, I don't know exactly. But in this year, I think it's got to be more about the team, uh, you know, because this is a year where they're supposed to really do things. And, and um, let, let's talk about Kevin Biggio. And at the beginning of the year, uh, Kevin started the first couple of games. Espinal came in, got some big hits. Then Espinal started. And before long, Kevin got COVID, and that changed everything, obviously. But it was pretty clear on day three, four, five, six of the season, mm-hmm. it was about the team. It was about Espinal being the hotter player and the guy they wanted in the lineup. So the the, the situation they're in is they've kind of got eight regulars for nine spots. Like the ninth guy could be Kirk. It could be Tapia. It mm-hmm. could be. It's, it's, it's a different guy, right? So um, it's not like Lourdes plays all or nothing. I think there's room there for whether it's three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. If, if he's the best version of himself, he's playing every game. We know that. But right now, I think if they see certain matchups that they don't think are well-suited for him, or if they think he needs uh, you know, a day off, I think they'll give him a day off. The issue is it's not like Toppy or Zimmer are really hitting sure. either, right? So, you know, do you have to go out and get a guy? And, and is it an internal move? You know, I was impressed, and Jeff, you were down there. You guys were down there. So, like, I know he's a guy who's just been a, in AAA for a few years, but I thought Nathan Lucas had great at-bats in, mm-hmm. in the spring, and I know it's the spring. But now I'm looking at his Buffalo numbers, and he's doing it again. And, and um, I'd be curious to, to see what he would be like. And if they go out and make a deal for a bat, I think it's going to be an outfielder. I, I don't know what other – you're not going to get a third baseman. You're not going to get a shortstop. You're not going to get a first – I don't think. I mean, you've got the DH spot to play with, but I think it would be an outfielder, and that could carve into Lourdes' time a little bit more. So I, I think he's got a few weeks maybe to figure it out, Kevin, but it, it – if he doesn't, and I hope he does, but if he doesn't, I think they got to go make a move. I just that. wonder if it if would be better just to send him down. He's such a streaky hitter, and when he's going yeah. on one of those streets, you can tell. I'm not saying he can carry a team, but, man, he can sure help it out. And I just don't know if he can get it going at this level when there's this much pressure and – there's guys around him not hitting, and maybe the best thing for him to be would be to get sent down. He get yeah. hot and then get called back up. I don't, maybe that's a shot in the dark. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean that's what they're trying to do with Vigio, right? Like they sure. didn't call Vigio right back, and and if they had called Vigio back right away and sent Vinny Capra down, nobody blinks. Nobody blinks, mm-hmm. right? Everybody goes, okay, Vigio's back. But they want to whether it's to give him confidence or make him earn it or just get him reps. I don't know, you know. However, you want to say it. Like Vigio's hitting pretty well down there, and he still hasn't come back. So mm-hmm. um, there are. I think there are going to be moves that surprise. And Vigio's going to be back at some point. And and I don't know if they're considering that with Lourdes. That would be. Geez, when did he go down last time? Was it three years ago? Right. Or maybe it was two, three years ago or two years ago. It was three years ago. Remember when he, he, he he kind of, he came off the field after making that error at second base. Yes. And that's right. And Charlie was, I remember Charlie was the manager. So that would be, well, it could be three. Yeah, the yips or something. Right. Yes. That's second. The story is he kind of suggested to the organization that maybe I ought to help me. Help me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm not sure he's making that suggestion now. And if you do send him down, Again, you got to bring an outfielder back. You yes. have to. So Nathan Lucas uh, or somebody. That like is that Lucas? Is that Lucas? So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought of that to be honest with you. I, I mean, for the last two months of last year, he was one of the top ten hitters in the in the American sure. League. He, he was that good. And, and we've all seen the streaky. But at some point, it, it's like with Cody Bellinger last year, right? Like the guys won an MVP. But at some point, if he's hitting a buck fifty six, 
Mm-hmm. You've got to kind of deal with the here and the now. And at some point, in a, this is a contending year. They So at some point, they're going to have to deal with the here and the now. You know, it, we, uh, Kevin and I had a discussion just before the last break about Danny Jansen. It's two home runs last night. Of course, Danny, strong finish to the year. Just it's, We talked to him a couple of times in the offseason. You could just tell he was just itching to get back at it. Looks good in spring training. Um and then he comes down with an oblique injury. And, and Dan, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I hope you know what obliques are like. I'm, and, and Danny's worked so hard to get the swing and everything to where he, he wants it to be. And I was so happy to see him have a night like he had last night. And Bark and I talked about this. You know, this is a guy who was drafted in 2013 by the other administration. And they have been so patient with him. Like somebody, sometimes I think we, you need to look at examples like that and, and just credit everybody, right? The organization, credit Danny for taking advantage of the opportunity, credit the organization for understanding all the stuff they put in this plate. Like if he turns into, we had, who was it? Dan O'Dowd was on and he said, mm-hmm. I think he can be the best catcher in the American League East. Mm-hmm. Um, if he turns into that guy, that's pretty, a pretty good baseball story, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. So, you know, full disclosure, I'm I'm on Team Jansen. I, I've always been a huge fan of the guy, and I think he brings. And this is this is a tough one for those of us on the outside to go, you know, to really get a handle on. But you know what I'm going to say. I think he brings a lot to the team that we don't see. Um, I think he's a leader behind the plate. I think he can go out and say whatever he wants to any pitcher, and and they will value his words. And that's nothing against Alejandro Kirk or Zach Collins or Tyler Heidemann or anything. But I think Danny's been around a little bit longer. He's worked with these pitchers a little bit longer. And I think he's kind of earned that. I think he's got leadership qualities. I think he's that kind of guy that you you want in the room. So there's that. Um, if he can hit, too, it's it's a huge bonus. I mean, they'll take offense wherever they can get it right now. If they're not getting it from the top, better go get it from the bottom. And that's, that's where he's hitting. And we've seen it in glimpses. It, you know, the two home runs in the game again, the play, playoff game against Tampa, mm-hmm. the great September last year, the great start this year, and so on. It, it, it is a great story. To me, the, the really interesting story, as Gabriel Moreno continues to tear it up at AAA, mm-hmm. and Alejandro Kirk has gotten hot, uh, that's a lot of catchers. Yep. And again, you've got the DH spot to play with, so you could kind of have two out of three in the lineup most days, but you'd have one out of three in the lineup some days. That's a lot of sitting on the bench. Like if Moreno comes up, he's not coming up to play once a week or twice a week, right? Um, But Danny Jansen's too good to only play once or twice a week. Um, And then Kirk, does Kirk get squeezed? Like what do you do with Alejandro Kirk? If Jansen keeps hitting and Moreno comes up, what do you do with Kirk? And maybe maybe Kirk's part of a trade. I I don't know. But it, it it is a great story. It's a nice problem to have, to have as much depth as they seem to have um, at this spot. But uh, I think Danny Jansen has earned the number one, and I think somebody's got to take it away from him, uh, you know, to, to, to get it, because I, I think he means a lot to this team in a few different areas. Because me and Jeff do the, the post-game show, Jeff has to read a lot of texts, and there's been a lot of hatred over, you know, around Charlie. Not and hatred. Fire, fire a lot Charlie. of dissatisfaction, I would say. Uh, what's the difference? Okay. Especially when your team's struggling, you're supposed to do things. You know, that, what's that old saying? You don't know what you got until it hits the fan. I want to. I want to get your thoughts I've on. I've never how, heard that saying. Well, I want to get. You know, how how have you, you thought that that Charlie's handled this little thing that the Blue Jays' offense has went through? Oh, that the offense has gone through. Yeah, so, like well, you well, know, the questions he's had to answer, and just uh, demeanor, yeah. and you know the way he's handled it. Yeah, 
also, I, I don't know, you know, how much can you do when they, like when a team doesn't hit, everything has like this blah feel to it, right? It just, yeah. like, what, what do you, you know what I mean? They, they, mm-hmm. If you lose a game 11 to 9, it's different. If, if you lose, every, if you're losing 3 to 2 and 2 to 1, it's like, well, nothing happened and there was no excitement and the Barrio's not excited right now. And, and you know, I mean, he's done a ton of moving guys around in the order, like way more than I actually thought he was going to do. Mm-hmm. He He's trying. Uh, so I don't know if that's what you mean, Kevin, in terms of like to actually sure. fix the hitting. Like Charlie's job is not to fix the hitting, right? Mm-hmm. It's Charlie's job is to manage the team. And, and um, I'm sure he's given guys pats on the back. We all know he's a very supportive, positive guy. You know, Espinal went from eight to seven. I think we talked about it, and I said, you know, the five, six, seven is the only part you can change, and boom, Espinal's five, and then boom, Espinal's two. Like, mm-hmm. those are pretty big changes, and, and I, I think he's doing everything he can offensively. I don't hold Charlie responsible for any of the offensive issues um, that exist on this team right now. You know, you know they, uh, the guys they have got to do better, and, and as I said a lot, I think, you know, a more balanced lineup, and I don't just mean left-right, but that's part of it. I think a more balanced lineup would help this team. And and I was talking to a, an ex-pitcher a few days ago. It doesn't matter who he is. but mm-hmm. And I said to him, let me ask you something. You're facing a team of really talented hitters, but the first eight of them are right-handed batters. I said, if you're pitching well, does it almost – do you almost not even see their faces anymore because they're always on the right side. So mm-hmm. you just keep repeating – the, the target, the target, you know, the visual is the same. Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely. Now, if one of them is a totally different hitter than the others, I'm going to pitch them different. He said, but I can almost like, you almost go on automatic pilot with your brain. You, the catcher calls the pitch, you see the target, you throw the pitch because visually everything is the same. You never get like startled out of that groove that you're in. And I know that's why they traded Richard for Tapia. It hasn't had the desired effect, but even beyond that, like, if they're really going to change the feel of this lineup, it's not getting a lefty who's going to hit ninth, right? It's it's, it's right. getting a lefty or two who are going to be more prominently featured in this lineup. Yeah, it's going to, ha- it's going to be somebody that is going to have to be good enough to play every day and have an impact, you know? Because Tapia, Tapia for me is yeah. fine as a dude off the bench. As the last guy in my team yeah. or whatever, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, well, the, the Blue Jays can't talk about players on other teams, but we can. But I, I'd love to see Andrew Benintendi in this lineup. Um, I, I, you know, a, a left-handed batter, uh, you know, high contact, high average speed, use the whole field, um, that kind of guy. Like now that the two spot apparently is up for grabs, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd stick him in the two spot. Like just like make the pitcher think a little bit. I know it's not that easy, and who knows if the Bears want to trade him? And it's only May. I get all that, but but I do think at some point they will try to make another deal to give the lineup a bit of a different look, and let's say this year doesn't go well and they don't make the playoffs. I think you'll see a multiple significant moves in the off season to try to balance the lineup out a little bit more, but, but who knows? It's funny because you also mentioned the name uh, a little earlier, Ian Happ. And as you were talking, I yeah. was just checking to make sure that Ian Happ was okay, et cetera, et cetera. Boom. The first thing that comes up is a Yankees fan blog saying the perfect outfielder to target would be Ian Happ for the Yankees. Yeah. Well, you know, the switch hitter plays multiple positions, so you're off to a good start right yeah. there, right? And, and Happ, I think he's playing mostly left this year, but he's played center in his career. And I think one thing they're, they're always going to think about if they go out and get an outfielder is can he play center field? Because yes. I would assume if they go out and get an outfielder, that means Bradley Zimmer might not be on the team. So yes. they'd, they'd like to have a backup center fielder. Now you could stick to Oscar there. You could stick Tapia there, but 
Um, yeah, half half is a fit as well. There aren't as many of them as you think. Like if you you know take a look at the worst ten teams in baseball, the ones who are clearly out of it or will be out of it, and you know go find a a left-hander switch hitting outfielder who fits the bill. There aren't that many of them. There are a few teams looking for left-handed bats. And, and again, I'm not just talking about getting a left-handed bat, mm-hmm. but getting a different style of hitter as well. But, um, you know, I think they know they'd be better off if they had it, but that, that, that in my mind is just one of many reasons why the offense hasn't produced like it, like we thought it would this year. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's, there's not as many, you know, you, you do your fantasy trades. There aren't as many of those guys out there as you think. Right. There right. just aren't. Danny, thanks for doing this, man. Great stuff. Okay, guys, be well. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. That's Dan Shulman, voice of the Blue Jays. And, uh, again, no game today. Tomorrow the Jays will start a four-game series against Anaheim. And, yeah, I'm just looking at Brian Reynolds is another dude, the name that comes up with the Pittsburgh Pirates, switch hitter. Uh, He's 27. Yeah, it's getting to the point where they don't have a choice. I really really do think it's getting to the point where it's like Groundhog Day. And, and Dan did a great job of breaking that down about a pitcher seeing the glove, the target, doesn't care what the yep. face looks like, doesn't care if it's Vladdy. It just, <clears throat> I can get Vladdy out the same exact way I can get Bo out, or I can get George Springer out, or I can get. Well, there's a part Matt of pitching Chapman that's out, visual. Or I can get it's Santiago a visual Espinal. endeavor. Yeah. It's the, put the target, I'm going to throw to the target. I don't care who's standing yeah. in that rat in batter's box. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, we talked about ad nauseum about the Braves last offseason. It's not just a matter of lefty right. It's getting guys with different strengths. Make make turn the pitchers meeting into a long there freaking meeting. There you turn go. it into something more than I know need what? to use my third pitch. I just can't exactly. get through this game with two pitches. Two times exactly. through the order with two pitches. Every pitcher would love to do that. Sure. But I don't have to use my third pitch, which is my breaking ball, and I'm not good at throwing to a lefty, but I have to throw it to a guy because I can't throw yep. my best slider. It makes a lot of sense. Ryan Dempster is host of Off the Mound. He's also the 2013 World Series champion. So, Vladdy against Shohei. Is that a big deal? Do players get up for those one-on-one matchups? We'll talk to Ryan Dempster about that. Tony Maserati as well. And yes, indeed, we have Jay's tickets to give away. It's Blair and Barker. Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.